Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. Amen. God is so good, isn't he? Who's ready to receive the word of the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. If you don't mind, just stand up with me. I'm going to read the opening scripture and then I'll pray for us. God is so faithful. He is good. Amen. Luke chapter 5, 37 through 39 says this. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins and spill the wine and ruin the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. Everyone say new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today in the name of Jesus. God, as I use Israel as an example, Father God, of old wine and new wine, Lord God, that you would just give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord God. Show us the application for the kingdom of God, the advancement of the kingdom, and then the exalting of your name. God, I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive what the spirit of the living God is saying, Lord God. We thank you for what you have for the state of California, what you have for Harvest Church and for Elk Grove. And I pray that your people, Lord God, in this house and those who are watching online would be like seeds scattered around this state and around the world of the kingdom of God that will be planted and grow into oaks of righteousness, Lord. So we bless you and we thank you, Father God. We thank you that the enemy is defeated and the name of Jesus is exalted mightily in us and through us. We give you glory and Holy Spirit once again speak to our hearts. You've established the word of God in the heavens. Now establish it in our hearts and in our lives, in this church, in this ministry, in this city, in this region, and in this state, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people said, amen. amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. God is so good. If you missed the fasting and prayer, oh my goodness, God showed up and showed out this week. Amen. Praise the Lord. We sought his face and he moved in such a powerful way and, and God has phenomenal things for us. The Bible says this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. There are some strongholds of the enemy that will only be broken when we pray and when we fast. And one of the things that we're going to do, everyone say January, we're going to run it back. Tell your neighbor, we're going to run it back. Amen. That means that we're going in even deeper into a time of fasting and prayer because we're going to have breakthrough on breakthrough on breakthrough. And God's going to pour out his glory and his majesty on this church. He's already doing it, but we're going to level it up and go to a whole nother dimension and stratosphere in the kingdom. So I want to encourage you. Uh, God is doing something. Look at your neighbor. Say he's doing something. Do you not perceive it? 
You might not, but he's doing something, amen? Come on. Praise God. I want to talk to you this morning about new wineskins. Look at your neighbor, say new wineskins. Praise God. Um, new wineskins. I'm doing part one this week, and then I'll do part two next week. But new wineskins. Listen, uh, California, we have more grape vineyards around this state. I've never seen more grape vineyards anywhere in my life. This is like grape vineyard central here in the state of California. And, and listen, now let me say this as I talk about new wine. I'm not giving you an excuse to go out and turn up and do a little sipping after church because I'm preaching about new wine. Can I get an amen? All right, so Pastor John is not telling you, oh, Pastor was preaching about the new wine. So no, 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 don't go there, amen. But before, in, in, in modern day, and if you go to a vineyard, they store the wine in bottles. But in the days of Christ, they, there was not bottle manufacturing plants where they could pour wine into bottles. But in the days of Jesus, in the times of Israel, instead of bottles, they had wine skins. Everyone say wine skins. And if you look behind me, this is what a wineskin looked like. This is maybe more of a modern-day version, but they took wineskins. And basically, a wineskin was an animal, a body, a carcass of an animal, and they would take the carcass, and they would take it, and they would tan it to remove the smells and the odors from it, and they would sew it together, and where the, the, uh, the, 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 opening is is where the neck would be and they would leave that open and what would happen with the wine skins is the wine skins were pliable they were flexible they would expand and increase in size everybody say increase in size so there was a flexibility and an expansion with the wineskin. However, when they put new wine into new wineskins or into a wineskin, the new wine had a fermentation process. And if you know anything about, uh, about liquids, liquids can ferment. If you've ever eaten a pickle, a pickle is a fermented cucumber, Right? And if you ever had, uh, was it kimchi? It is fermented. It's these things ferment. So what would happen is the wine would ferment and it would release a gas that would expand and push out the wine skin. And you could do that a couple of times. But after a certain amount of time, the wine skin itself would expand and reach its limitation of how far it could go because it expanded and expanded and expanded. And then it would begin, become brittle and no longer had the ability or the capacity to expand. So then the only way that old wine skin was usable was to keep old wine in it, not new wine. And if you desire to go to your grape vineyard, pick some grapes, put them into a wine skin, and then let that new wine expand, you would have to make sure that you put the new wine into a brand new wine skin so that when the liquids and the gases were released from the liquids and they would expand the wine skin, the wine skin had the capacity to expand with the pressure that was exerted from the wine. However, if you chose not to do that and all you had was an old wine skin and you put new 
new wine into an old wineskin, it would cause the old wineskin to burst because the old wineskin no longer had the capacity to expand and grow any longer. Hmm. <laughs> the new wine was placed only in new wineskins, still pliable and elastic enough to accommodate the pressure because new wine puts pressure on the wineskin and old wineskins can no longer take pressure for growth and expansion. Now this illustration is what Jesus was telling to Israel because he was letting them know that the old wine skin and specifically was the law of Moses. And the new wine skin he was speaking about was the kingdom of God. And the new wine that was being poured into the new wine skin was the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 1 and 14 through 15, it says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. Everyone say, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he arrives and he shows up in Israel. He said, I am, the, I'm preaching and bringing the new wine. And the new wine skin happens to be the kingdom of God. He said what was happening with the law of Moses is what was. That was the original wine skin. But the new wine skin is the kingdom of God. And he was saying to him, saying to them, now that I am here, the kingdom of God is upon you. Amen. See, because there was a 1600 year period from the establishing of the law of Moses until Jesus arrived as the Messiah to now preach the kingdom of God. The, the kingdom of God existed before that point, but now Jesus is, is announcing that the kingdom of God is at hand. It will be manifested, and this is a new wineskin that Israel was to embrace and to allow the gospel to go in, because what would happen is if Jesus brought his gospel into the law of Moses it would have ruined it would have ruined everything that was happening because the law of Moses was never meant to accommodate the gospel of the kingdom because the law of Moses did not allow Gentiles to be a part of Israel but the kingdom of God said Jews and Gentiles can come into the kingdom and be saved the law of Moses said Gentiles are unclean and not to be touched. But the kingdom of God says what I have made clean no longer call unclean. The law of Moses did not make provision for healing and salvation. You had to go to a priest and offer an animal sacrifice and bring it before God as an offering. Jesus became the lamb that was slain before the foundation of God, the new wineskin, so that we no longer had to go to a priest, but we could go directly to God to receive salvation and forgiveness. The old wine skin was not created to accommodate the new wine that Jesus was bringing at his arrival. 
But Israel kept saying to him, but the old wine seems fine. Why do we need new wine? The law of Moses is just fine. What's wrong with the law? Jesus said, there's nothing wrong with the law. I came to fulfill the law, but I also came to establish the kingdom of God so that it is not exclusive to the Jews, but now it includes the Jews and the Gentiles. Let me show you for a few moments about Israel and the mistakes that they made because they were not uh, willing to embrace the new wine that Jesus was bringing in that area era. So why did Israel struggle and why do we struggle sometimes with holding on to old wineskins and what are some of the dangers of not letting go? Look at your neighbor, say there's a danger of holding on to old wineskins. Amen. Amen. Come on, it's a danger of holding on to those old wineskins. <laughs> so let me give you three struggles of why Israel was not willing to let go of the old wineskin, the old ways. The first struggles Israel had with letting go with the old wineskins, and sometimes while we struggle, is because it's familiar. Israel was used to the, to the law of Moses. That's what they knew, the Torah. They went to Torah school. They were taught the law of Moses. They memorized it. That was a part of their lives. They were used to the way things were, and they were, it was so familiar that they were unwilling to embrace what Jesus was bringing. Luke 5, 39 says this, And no one after drinking old wine wants the new wine, for they say the old is better. Jesus, why do we have to change? We've always done it this way. That's just the way it is, Jesus. We have Moses. We have the law. We have the prophets. We don't need this kingdom of God and this new wine that you're speaking to us about because it's familiar. The second reason that Israel struggle and we may struggle of letting go is the fear of change. The fear of change. Change creates anxiety and fear because it is also unknown, it's unfamiliar, and it means that what was and the way that we did things are no longer the way that things can be done moving forward. Quote says, stress is nothing but the fear of change. In moments of great change, we suffer and somehow hoping deep down that our emotions and our dramas can change the future are prevented from happening. If you've ever gone through a great tragedy and you've sat back and you thought, God, please, is this a nightmare? Am I just, am I going to wake up and come out of this? Can you just change this, please? But here's the reality. You can't go back to what was when the future is steadily moving ahead of you. The third reason that Israel struggled to let go was a loss of control. Everyone say a loss of control. Come on, we are human beings. We love to control things, don't we? Come on, tell the truth and shame the devil. It's all right. We love to control things. The loss of control. And Israel taught us that there are three types of people who seek to control. The first type of a person that seeks to control and what Israel did, and we see here from the Bible, is the bully tries to control. Amen? The schoolyard bully always tries to control the playground. Can I get a witness? 
All right, some of you may have been to uh, school. I uh, know that was the that's the church up the street. Nobody at Harvest. Praise God. Amen. Bullies try to control. First Samuel twenty and twenty four says this. This is David. God has anointed him as king. Saul is still trying to hold on to the kingdom that God has taken away from him. And David is saying and dealing with this situation. This is what he said. So David hid in the field. And when the new moon feast came, the king sat down to eat. And he sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan. Jonathan was the oldest son of Saul. And he was the heir apparent to Israel's uh, 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 the throne after Saul according to their lineage. But Jonathan recognized that David was going to be the next king, and he made a covenant with David saying, when you become king, I want to reign with you because we are in covenant. We are brothers. I see what God's doing. I see the hand of God upon this thing. And it says, and Abner sat, sat next to Saul, but David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he is unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. And Saul said to Jonathan, why haven't the son of Jesse come to the mill either yesterday or today? And Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me permission to go to Bethlehem. And he said, let me go because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town. And my brothers have ordered me to be there. And I found favor in your eyes. Let me get away to see my brothers. That is why he has not come to the king's table. Bullies like to control. Look at what Saul did because he was losing control of the situation. Saul angers flared up at Jonathan. And he said to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman. This is Saul speaking to his son. He said, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. What Saul didn't realize is that God did not make him the king to establish Saul's kingdom. God made Saul king to establish his kingdom. And Saul lost sight of the reason why God put him in the position and the place of being a king. Even in the chapters previous to that, the Bible says Saul built a monument unto himself. He had lost sight of the purpose and the plan that God had for him in his role of leadership. And he says, as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. Jonathan said, why should we put him to death? What has he done? Verse 33, but Saul hurled a spear at him, him being his son, Jonathan. And Jonathan knew that his father had intended to kill David. Let me ask you this question. This is something I want you to think about. Who in your life is trying to bully you into doing something God never called you to do or doing something against your will? Amen? Because when we lose control, one of the methods and the tactics that's used is bullying. The second thing that Israel saw and was happening with them is uh, that manipulators control. Go to Judges chapter 16 and verse 15. Israel could not embrace the new wineskin because they were trying to control how God was moving in the nation. 
every time they started worshiping idols, they were trying to control the God that they worshiped. See, because when we worship God, God tells us how to live. When you have an idol, you can do what you want to do because that's the God that you hold in your pocket. Amen. And let me tell you this. If you have a God that you can control, then you are really not truly serving God. Amen. Manipulators control. Judges 16. Then Delilah pouted. She's speaking to She's speaking to Samson, who was one of the judges in the book of Judges. And she's speaking to him, and she says, How can you tell me you love me when you don't share your secrets with me? You made fun of me three times now and still haven't told me what makes you so strong. So, verse 16, she tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Amen. Now, I know no, no, none of you married couples are nagging your spouses. <laughs> Praise God. That doesn't happen here at Harvest Church. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, look straight ahead. Don't look to the left or to the right. Look, hey, make eye, keep eye contact with me. Amen. Don't look. Just uh, keep it here. Keep it here. <laughs> Finally, Samson shared his secret with her and said, my hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I've, I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with money in their hands, and Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap, and then she came she called in a man to shave off his seven locks of his hair. And in this way, she began to bring him down and his strength left him. Oof, God have mercy. Why did Israel seek to control? They sought to control, number one, because bullies control. They sought to control, number two, because manipulators control. And then they sought to control, number three, because doubters control. Amen. Deuteronomy 30, 15 says this. Now listen, this is God speaking. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your hearts turn away from and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long and good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I've given you the choice between life and death and between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. Come on, this is a pop quiz, and God's telling them the answer to the pop quiz, amen? God says, listen, you can pick A or B, but the answer is A, by the way. But you still get to choose which one you want. Mm. <laughs> only God. Yes, only God. 
He said, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Because that's God's heart and desire. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Even God, listen to this, and this is so important that you understand this because you need to understand the nature, the mind, the will, and the purpose of God. Even God in his sovereignty has given us the free will to choose what type of life we want to live. God tells you if you live life A, here are the results and consequences. If you choose life B, here are the results and consequences. The blessings lie in life A if you choose to do this because this is the life of obedience and blessing that is residing with me. But even knowing that, I still give you the ability to choose what type of life you want to live. He was coming to Israel saying, you can have old wineskins, Israel, or you can have new wineskins because I want to pour out the wine of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And if you choose the new wineskins, then I will bless the nation and I will cause this nation to prosper and I will cause it to rise up. But you as a nation still get to choose what type of wineskin you want to live with because if you chose the old wineskin, it does not have the ability to accommodate the new wine that I'm pouring in it. But if you choose the new wine, blessings and prosperity and increase because this is the wine skin that's meant to accommodate the kingdom of God. Amen. However, when people doubt, they are filled with unbelief and it will take away um, they are filled with doubt and unbelief. Amen. Let me get, tell you these three things. Bullying is about intimidation and physical control. Manipulation is about mind control. And doubt and unbelief are about decision control. Amen. That's what happened with Israel because they would not let go of the old wineskin. God is trying to bring Israel into a new wineskin and a new dispensation of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they had to choose what type of wineskin they wanted. These three elements are the results of holding on to old wineskins and old wine. And when Israel refused to adjust to the Lord and his leading, they employed bullying, manipulating, and living in unbelief. That is not the portion that God had for them, but he always gave them the freedom to choose. Amen? Hallelujah. You bow your heads with me. Holding on to the past, fearing change, and trying to control everything around us has never been fruitful. Only God, uh, it only breeds anxiety, fear, and manipulation. But today, just like with Israel, God is wanting us to trust him. A life that is void of Christ is a life that we are no longer walking in his ways, but the life with Christ is a life where we, he will never leave us nor forsake us. And he will always order our steps. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. 
If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.